imagine a siren emergency edition of the pod and we've got the man that everyone's talking about or at least he's amongst the crowd that's being discussed steve fezzik who was on a panel down at circa there was a bet bash event and uh somehow someone canceled and he got on it he was on the B. Was it the B team? Is that the fair way to say it? The money, yeah. The money came in against this panel being popular as soon as the lineups got reported, and but somehow the guy was out, and I was the replacement. So yes. the name of the panel was. It was a Rodney King echoing of "Why can't we all get along?" Twitter wars. Why okay. can't we all get X along? Wars. You know, I could have made this real simple and could have skipped the panel because most sports betters that make money or th- almost make money are assholes. Pretty accurate. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we could just say that. Yeah. And say, Let's wrap up, boys. I'll meet you down at the bar. What's wild is how he looked Fez straight in the eye when he said that. Like, didn't feel bad about it at all. Like, whoa, don't we all know that? We all know that guys <laughs> who make money betting sports and win super contests, particularly multiples, <laughs> are assholes. No, I didn't say that. I said that's a unique group of, <laughs> uh, with, with an underbelly of sweetness that isn't obvious. It takes years to say. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do, though. There was, if you haven't heard, we're going to set the scene. Now, this is one of those, uh, you know, there's an old saying, why are the fights so tough in academia, where there's like some professor of anth- archaeology that's mad at some other professor, and it's so intense. And the answer to that question is often, well, that's all they've got, right? <laughs> so I think a lot of the times in sports betting, what you have is people who – if you're good, you could have done something else. It, I, it's very few people I know that really win at sports betting that would have been imp- couldn't have been a lawyer, couldn't have been a professor. Usually, their IQ is sufficient. Would you agree with that fact? Yeah, the bar is so high and requires such a level of competence to win significantly at sports betting. So you're complimenting yourself right now. Yeah. Okay. So, you, 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 be, you, you, so you're saying to be me. To be me, if you're going to make six <laughs> figures a year betting sports, yeah. means you yeah, should be so able to bet seven job. figures if you'd gone to Wall Street or something else. And I mean, that's funny because when you were, you're, uh, it's been about 20 years that you've been full time at this, right? Yes. But in your later 30s, mid to late 30s, you were vice president at Transamerica, which is a big insurance company. Is yes, that? downtown Los Angeles. And how many us. vice presidents was there in the whole company? Oh, hundreds. Hundreds. <laughs> but but at the time, not. I mean, it's been a long time. You were making between 100 and a half and 200, right? Yes, correct. At thirty Good memory. Yeah. yeah. At thirty so really you're saying I make over a hundred, you make money with pregame, but like in a weird way, you've worked pretty hard to probably make less money. Yes. But it's been something that you've enjoyed a lot more than you would have enjoyed. And there's some years I've made more. You know, it's yeah, it, it, but, there's the variance. Yeah. yeah. But the fact first of all, the fact that you could even be in that ballpark is a sign that you you are not I mean, it's more than one in a hundred. It's one in Probably five hundred. Yeah, and I'm and I'm cost of living it. I'm saying in today's today's dollars versus that one seventy. I thought you were talking exactly. I thought yeah. you were talking about the nut that the like your cost of living is through the roof, so it's hard. <laughs> you know, that's a whole other podcast. Single people, the whole other podcast. Single people don't even realize it's like it's like I need to make twelve thousand to like to, to, to be able to eat. Yeah. So here's the basic premise: when you've got guys that choose an industry that's harder, that there's a real chance of failure. 
There, even if you're talented, you can't really fail unless you screw up big time as a lawyer. You might get demoted. You might have to go from one firm to the other. But at Christmas, you're still a lawyer. Oh, it's my, oh are you with Johnson and Smith? No, actually, Greenberg Trowick now. But no one really knows, right? Most people don't know the difference between one or the other. You're still a heavy hitter. Every, yeah, you're still someone that if they had a daughter, they wouldn't mind if you dated yeah. them. As a gambler, even if you're successful, you know, just today, or no, I saw the video today, I, know, I think it was yesterday, on The Herd, Colin was just completely demolishing Billy Walters. So Billy Walters has a book that's coming out. He talks about Mickelson. And, of course, he was on the panel before mine. Okay. With Spanky interviewed Billy Walters for only went 22 minutes. So it's short. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he's, he's worth like $300 million. He doesn't have time for a long mm-hmm. I mean, but, but the fact is he's trying to kind of set the record straight with this book. Yes. And Colin, who has some connection to Phil or an affinity or whatever, says, well, Billy Walters, who is a convicted felon, and that was his story. It wasn't that he has given, you know, what, certainly tens of millions to charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the charity in town? It's Is it Foursquare? He's got one that he really yeah, is behind. It's, it's for helping the, um, we'll, we'll the, get it. The, the special needs adults get jobs. Okay. Yeah. We'll, village. We'll something it. village. Uh, Opportunity village. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, a lot of money into that. I mean, millions for sure. And doesn't mean that, that everything Billy Walters does is okay. doesn't mean everything anyone does is okay. But it, to act like the only story is he was convicted for a, a, a tax or an um, insider trading scheme that, that wasn't even gambling-related that Phil was somehow involved in, you know, it's interesting that anyone can be diminished like that if you go unconventional. If you don't go with society says be a doctor, be a lawyer— be whatever that has a, a, a credentials in front of it, and you better toe the line or we'll kick you out of the club. But if you're in this club, you know you toe the line. Well, guys like Fez doesn't like that. Wild men like that. Well, you know what? Most people who don't like towing the line, they are human still, most of them, and they want to be affirmed. Well, how do you get affirmed in sports batting? You can win super contests. But there's a reason people, a lot of pros, hate, hate that Fez has won two of those because it does affirm him in a, a tangible way. You can't get a Ph.D. of sports batting. No. Right? There's, there's no credentials exactly. that are given out based upon you know doing these um, internships or years of study. Yeah, Exactly. So usually it's, hey, he's a professor at Harvard. right? You can look at, uh, I think his name is, is it Cornell West? Uh Mackenzie, you, you probably know the, the guy who's running for president now. Yeah, Cornell West, Cornel. good, good friend of my dad's. Okay, so is that true? I'm 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 a fan. Of, his presentation is awesome. Generally, he's a very bombastic political guy. He's I think running for president now. You know, as a third party, but he was I think at Princeton for a long time. But when a guy comes on talking a little wild, and they say professor at Princeton. You got to accept good. there's yeah. something there. Well, there's no such thing. Now, that's why back in the day, sports betting, usually the voices of it were bookmakers. Because if someone worked for the MGM, it doesn't matter how much they know. You In that article, you can say MGM sport. But in truth, those guys, other than bookmaking, don't know as much as the betters do typically. So my point here is, if you're not validated, you're not credentialed, and you have any ego, you want your mom to be proud of you, the only way to do that is to gain notoriety. 
So what you have is a lot of people on social media all acting like they're above caring that all very much want to have enough followers or back in the day get a blue check mark or whatever to validate them. And the theme that we're going to explore throughout Fez's TikTok he's going to do now of what happened is ask yourself, does this help validate the person saying it? Because in almost every case, you can almost guess their position by what they could say that would most validate the way they act. Darren Ravel is going to say one thing and it's going to validate him. And uh, Fez is going to say typically what validates him, just like humans do. And we should all know what the motivations are here. It's not always, well, in the abstract, what I believe is ethical. It's usually what is going to make me seem better than everyone else. All right, Fez, give us the TikTok. All right. So the panel was uh, moderated by Sammy P. out of Chicago, but... The big conflict was between Darren. Well, you got to wonder about the industry that the moderator is Sammy P out of Chicago. <laughs> it's Panovich. Panovich. It's twelve letters. Out of Chicago sounds like it's like in good like mob stuff. He, yeah. he can't, actually, I can't spell it. I can't pronounce. He's actually it. out of Boston now. He works. For, he, works for, <laughs> oh. he works for Nesson. He's uh, okay. the betting analyst for Nesson. See now, now he's validated, right? Yes. <laughs> All right, but really, it, it, it started out guns ablazing here with um, Ravel going up against Rob Pizzol. And Rob basically calling out Ravel. So for, both are on the panel. They're both on the panel and saying, you know what? You know, you're going out and you're 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 giving out all this betting advice that is not respected amongst the expert sports betters oh. and, and giving yourself. Now, where, out. where does that where does that council meet? The experts. <laughs> the um, is this like the, a po- is this like when the, the wise pope, guys smoking the cigars is this together? When the pope gets elected. Is this is your yeah? The smoke? smoke comes up and the I, like. I'm and- just wondering because right there with what and again, I, I'll be honest with you. I like Rob. I mean, I've had personal dealings with him. I listen to some or I listen to a pod he's on, um, the Matchbook pod. He is quite sanctimonious. He has a strong opinion about right and wrong. And that, and he seems to be the arbiter of that opinion, meaning that what's who, who's accepted and not, who's sharp, who's not, he's in that club that's deciding it. Now, isn't, yeah, that, isn't that interesting? Yes, and he had consensus. So Dave <laughs> Sherapan, who was on the panel, Vegas mm-hmm. wise guy, pretty yeah. much agreed with what Rob was saying. Jeff Benson, who runs the Circus Sportsbook, mm-hmm. he pretty much agreed as well. Uh-huh. That the Action Network was pushing the envelope towards um, giving themselves out as an expert, providing expert picks, mm-hmm. even though Darren Ravel was like, well, this is entertainment, and we like to give these, these same-game parlays and the like, and I bet everything that I, that I give out. So a couple of quotes here from the panel uh, where Darren Ravel admitted he's part of the problem. That's to, really the kind of the tip-off of the yes. whole thing. That was just well, the initial quote. Now, hold on a second now. If we were doing this against fat, first of all, me and Darren Ravel – our nemesis is, 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 is at this point. I used to like Darren. In fact, the first TV hit I ever did was for him at CNBC like 10 plus years ago. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, at some point, I mean, he became very... The reality is, and we've seen this a bunch now, people who don't know sports betting as experts are stepping in the industry. Now, that's something that we've really strived when we brought in non-full-time sports bettors like AJ, like Scott. We make it very, you know, when they, their prior careers, well, for you, your prior career was in the, most recent was in the media for sports betting too. But then prior to that, NBC, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So neither of them are 
gonna say I'm like Fez. I'm betting what Fez is betting. I like that. I think having other experts come in, like for example, our baseball pod on Monday, it's taping. Tuesday, it's released. Mm-hmm. We got a former professional baseball player, Josh Towers, and he really knows baseball. And we think, okay, and he he's been around batting. He's a Vegas guy, but he's not a professional batter. So we're going to try to take his expertise and craft it in a way that becomes actionable for batting. I think because Darren Ravel is not a, wasn't a full-time batter doesn't mean he can't come in the industry. It just means the act, again, he wants to be the, he wanted to be, I don't follow him now, wanted to be the arbiter of, in this case, well, this is legitimate. This, everyone's trying to decide what's legitimate. Uh, it's like it's like the religious right on steroids. But ga- I thought gamblers were libertarian, right? Gamblers mm-hmm. are supposed to not judge. Well, they won't judge you if you want to smoke weed or, or you want to cheat on your wife. But, boy, they'll judge you if they think you're not quite as sharp as they are. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, one of the things, and I brought this up, is that if you go on the Internet and you query, you know, I want to be a sports betting expert or sports betting expertise, okay? Mm-hmm. You're going to get, like, the Action Network popping up and all these different players and pregame. Mm-hmm. But it's a mixed bag of, of, of uh, contenders and pretenders and, 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 and folks that actually do it. Whereas if you look towards like blackjack or poker, you're going to get good hits across the board, usually with poker and blackjack, much less so in the sports betting arena where it's very hard to quantify who's really legit and who's not. Well, because what happened was when sports betting blew up, right, when widespread legalization came, all these media outlets, it was a race for content. And instead of some outlets hired legitimate gambling professionals and people that knew the world of sports betting, other people just took, whether it was general assignment reporters or on-air talent that was just doing regular sports reporting and trans and put them into the sports betting world. Mm-hmm. They didn't necessarily have expertise in sports betting. They were on-air talent or they were reporters. Now they're in the sports betting field and people confuse those individuals as experts when they're not. So I'm saying this not as a smart aleck at all. And usually if you say that, you have to be, you know, know something <laughs> yeah. could be. Where do you put yourself on that spectrum? Uh, I put myself as someone that um, I never considered myself a professional gambler mm-hmm. or a gambling expert. I was a member of the sports gambling media. Mm-hmm. I was someone that had a gambling background mm-hmm. and has transitioned into the world of more professionalized betting. I think that's a very fair way to say it. And it, I would have said some variation of that. Now, is that is that good? or Meaning, if someone was on the outside... I think I have a more respected path than somebody who was just a sports reporter mm-hmm. that never did any gambling oh, sure. and is now working for a gambling outlet mm-hmm. when they're hired to be a sports reporter. In many ways, you're, you're doing a high-level internship. So how long have you been aboard now? Steve, you've been here every day. Yeah. They don't keep the people. The people just—they just don't matter. I haven't counted the moons. Okay. <laughs> All right, let, let, let's say less than a year. There you go. And, and longer than. <laughs> Fair enough. For about a football season. Yeah, yeah. For, for a season. So, so like. Get the pay stubs. So. <laughs> You can you can like like when RJ's not here like I'm we're going over say, bet- what's your name again yeah. we're going over bets I'm like I like that I like that and I ran rave no don't play that and like I like the way you're playing that and how's your card counting going I mean you're like you're you're doing it yeah. like mm-hmm. a professional gambler does it but we're giving a sympathetic view to him because he's on we see his sincerity we see his exactly. hard work and he's and the learning curve and then the growth is 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 spiking through the roof yeah. so let's look at someone like Kelly in Vegas right a person who seems to have loved I've only had one meeting with her. I've, you know, so dealings have been, mo- and that was many years ago. Dealings have been modest. 
I would say unequivocally, the advice I gave her was the same advice I gave Cousin Sal, and I think it was brilliant in both cases. Don't act like you're something you're not. You know, to me, someone that I think I would I'd be hard pressed to find someone I wouldn't want to debate on sports betting in that they might know things I don't, but I'm going to know things they don't. It's going to be rare someone's going to know everything I know and, and more. I, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I'm saying it's going to be a small room. Um, that said, I defer to you all the time, Fez, on the topic, like in-game batting. Half the time we're talking, it's like it'll be like quick odds. And I'm like, oh, Fez does that better than I do. You know, I want to bet with you. And then other times I want to bet against you because it's my strength. It, to me, if you tried, if you're Kelly in Vegas or new person XYZ and you try to say you and Fez should be on the same level, you, you can't win that. Right. So I do think that to some degree, we got to give people credit like Cousin Sal, who's never tried to act like he knows everything because that would be foolish. I think it's fair. Like was let's think this Colin. Right? Colin has had a huge positive effect on sports batting. No question. I mean, just back when especially when, you know, not because I was involved, but back at ESPN when we were doing that noon Friday segment, Blazing that was five. a huge segment. And, you know, we innovate or I innovated the thumbs up or, or, you know, wise guys agree or disagree concept. It had never been done that I saw. For those who have never heard it. So Colin would come on with. No, I'm joking. So Colin (laughs) would come on with his his top five blazing five. And every now and then he'd add a six pick and RJ would come in definitively and say, Strong agreement. Yeah. You know, uh, disagree. No, you're on the square side here, Colin. And he'd go, crap. It was fun, and, and, it, and it got people thinking square sharp, I think, in ways they hadn't before. And so let's agree, Colin was out in the forefront. Colin doesn't claim to be a professional batter. So, like, if he comes in and gives his blazing five, is he doing something wrong? Is Does Colin know more or less than the people at Action Network? I'm guessing the Action Network people, most of them, know at least as much. I'd say on par. Okay. Well, some of them know more. Yeah. yeah. But 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 let's say on par. Now, if they're doing something wrong ethically, then isn't wasn't Colin when he was literally laying the groundwork for the boom that is happening today? He was part of that foundation. I disagree because I, I don't think so because Colin is doing his radio mm-hmm. talk show and that sports betting segment is a segment of his talk show. Mm-hmm. So it's literally, I mean, everyone's giving out an opinion, but it's his opinion, which is what he's doing on his entire show. The Action Network is advertising itself as a destination for sports bettors specifically to go to, to learn how to sports bet, to learn what what to bet, and to use their tools to, quote, become a better better. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have some people that are experts in the field, just by working there, they're passing themselves off as experts in the field because the average Joe that Googles something and pulls up the Action Network is going to that website and clicking on it expecting expertise. Now, wouldn't you say the same thing about pregame? Yes, but pregame is an has experts in the field. Okay, so do you? I agree. That's what we strive for. But someone like you is a good example. We've talked. We just heard about your history. Yes, and it's like. Do we feel like the people at at Action Network have less of a pedigree than you have? Yes, and I also believe that the people at the Action Network are not advertising themselves as individuals. 
Whereas at pregame, you could follow your favorite pregame mm-hmm. pro. You mm-hmm. want to follow Fez? Follow Fez. You want to okay. follow AJ? Follow AJ. You want to follow me? Follow me. It's like saying like this. This is from the it's Action the Network staff. Yeah. And yes. Colin, regardless of his credentials, brought in his expert witness to testify on his five plays. Yeah. You, I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a huge difference. We had the second biggest. That segment was the second biggest of the week, ratings wise. The first though was his blazing five without me. Like mm-hmm. so, I mean, the reality is, and, and I got and AJ. I want you to jump in. I got one more question. Question I want at least as we discuss the next minute or two, someone answer it for me, and then we'll go to AJ. Or first we'll go to AJ. But here's the question: What purpose does Collins picks did they have that was different than saying I'm an expert and I'm here to provide you with some advice? No, I think Collins picks were to what, prove himself. Colin was using you as the expert. No, he, someone who's an established. I, rep- I was the representative of the Vegas opinion. But right, Colin but this was saying, Colin here's was admitting. Who I like these are. He never said go bet my my my. Plays. Colin's admitting I'm just a guy with opinions on sports. I'm going to you to either validate or invalidate them. Like I think that's a, it's actually quite responsible, rather than saying. I'm Colin Cowherd. These are my sports picks. These are valid. So what you're saying, what he's doing now is problematic. More problematic, I would say. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't watched it all. <laughs> no, but but my, my point being, I don't know if there's any reason to give picks other than I think there's some value. Because let's be honest, I'm not telling people what I'm eating. Or Colin's not, well, he might be. But most people aren't telling people what he's eating for dinner that night. Because they don't think it's interesting. They don't think it provides any value. AJ tweets it weekly. <laughs> but, but, you tweet about my food more than I do. Because you tweet it. <laughs> Listen, we don't want marital disagreements here. Guys, like, why can't we get along on Twitter? <laughs> but but I, I guess what I'm saying is, if you really dig into it, why give a pick? Because it's an opinion. Like Scott said, but, sports but radio is all about opinion. Isn't that also the Action Network is an opinion when they give picks? Well, do you subscribe to the Action Network to get those picks? Like that's at, well, they, we're not talking about things you got to pay for. We're talking about publicly. And available. when you give picks, what would you not try to navigate towards the most beatable categories, or no. would you navigate towards the most enjoyable, well, fun we, category? Most, but here's the thing. See, that's a great debate because mm-hmm. like we are probably going to do a, a same game parlay every week. And my rationale is this. Let, you know, when people ask me, do people who buy your picks win at pregame? And I say, some do, some don't. But what we can be sure of is if you follow the picks, that you're going to do better. So someone that, right. who would have lost X, if they lose half X, well, that half X was our gain, our marginal effect. We can't dictate the other thing. You know. and, and plus, sometimes people lose over periods, too. That happens. Fez loses over periods. I lose over periods. It happens. So you can't guarantee winning. And to me, let's create a hierarchy of the bad people or the bad players. Oh, the I highest, involved with this. The, the highest. Why wouldn't you be? I, I don't. I don't want to uh, be a, be at the top of any bad people lists. These are people. <laughs> it's all about. I AJ. thought you well, just meant in this room. I was no, like, oh, no, this sounds no, terrible. No, no, AJ, you won't be. <laughs> right, so at the very top would be people who lie, and also, and this is more important or important. They do predatory sales. The two for the money. Get them on the phone yes. and talk them. Use psychological ops, psych ops, as they say, in order to try to get people to think that their life is shit. And if they don't buy this, if they don't spend five thousand and bet ten thousand a game. Scott, you'd are, like to make a hundred k this year, right? I mean, yeah, there's it, people it's, who it's, are it's, experts at that. It's the 
you mind if I say a name? No, or, no, see, it's it's the Vegas Dave model. That's of, what that's yeah. what, of sending out Scott thing. Sending out fifty percent one side to your customers and fifty percent the other uh, side to again, your customers. Whatever. I, we alleged, don't know. We alleged. don't know. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's the that's it's, happened historically in the industry. It's the claim that you never lose. And yep. it's showcasing all the money that you have. And it's hey, listen, with, with TikTok growing and gambling TikTok growing and Instagram, it's all over the place on social media. You can't scroll through without seeing somebody flashing a stack of hundos and going, guys, we're 19 and 1 right now this week. Coming out of my Lambo <laughs> with my yeah. gorgeous girlfriend that's six inches taller than me. Yes, There's a, sir. A lot of misrepresentation. There was one downstairs when we pulled up, by the way. The that was ye- mine. The yellow Lambo? That was, no. That was yours, Scott? Yeah. I don't think so. We're not going to edit out AJ's comments, but we should. <laughs> <laughs> What's it got to do with anything? I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. Outside the pregame offices was a yellow Lambo. I don't. I don't you think. figure RJ's usually not in Friday afternoon. Is that his Friday? I, I, I didn't know at first. <laughs> All right. I think there's a couple groups within this group. I think the again the getting on the phone and 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 or somehow communicate. I guess it's going to be the phone these days or whatever you want to call. It, if it's an electronic call these days. But that is the worst because it literally people go bankrupt within a couple weeks of that if it goes wrong. Mm-hmm. And there are some of the most ruthless people you're ever going to meet. You've met people who used to work in those phone rooms. Oh, yeah. You know what? You shake your hand, their hand, you better be checking for your watch. I mean, they just are built to scam. And the, and the, the movie, it's not sports betting, but the movie Boiler Room, yes. I believe, was a great documentary. Well, two for the money represents yeah. it. On yep. just, just, just how much can you afford to lose? All right, we're going to go double that. And it's not, it's not like these people are stupid. These are usually doctors, lawyers. Exactly. Oh, it's all coming back around. The ones that are credentialed. But they're not savvy with money, mm-hmm. you know. And we, all of us, in our own way, have our ego um, weak points or or things we're sensitive about. And if the, those people are expert at figuring out what's going to make you feel like a man, if you do, and they plug into that, it's very predatory. I've never had any involvement with it. Not one iota. Never have done one outbound call. When I moved to Vegas in '98, that was a big deal. Jim Feist was here doing a lot of outbound stuff. And that was a line I drew in the sand. Mm-hmm. Plus, there was like a, you had to put up a bond or something of like 70K to do outbound calls. So at that. the time, I couldn't afford that. So that really, <laughs> oh, wait, never. But no, no. Made I, the choice I, easy. I had no, I had no expertise in that and, and, and I had no interest in it. Okay. Um, to me, listen, let's be honest. If the choice is go hungry, have like bad teeth because you can't afford a dentist, or scam people, most people are going to scam, right? The question, not everyone, but most. The question is, if your choices live and make 120000 whatever, like a great living, live in a nice upper middle class neighborhood, then you're not in Fez's neighborhood, but still, or scam, it's like, man, to me, that's a scum. If a person's trying to feed it, I mean, again, we can always justify anything, but I'm saying it's a different level of choice when it's the gutter or scam versus middle class or upper middle class, but you just got to scam. Those are the people I disrespect the most, you know, personally. So I was always going to be able to make a living. I I don't think ethically I would have been okay with anything to make a little bit extra that I couldn't feel good about myself. So, you know, I'll just be candid. That's why I didn't even think about it. But so we have the, the uh, we'll call it the boiler room outbound calls. Now, what you guys mentioned next, the flash, the bling, Listen, no names here, but we know a guy, Fez, that probably the most mild-mannered, probably the lowest monthly nut where he doesn't spend money, and he was working for a company that was pretty flashy for a while, 
and they rented him what was it like shark skin sh- uh, shoes he had he this is a guy that literally had an 18 year old car rumbling into the <laughs> lot and they had him renting a lamborghini i mean so now do we think that guy's evil I mean, that's the question. Misrepresenting, right? and, and we've well, all—I've had a guy buy yeah. that he loaned ten thousand dollars to because he's like, "Hey, we're, you know, I'm going to be at the cameras, going to be rolling. I need to be able to show that I'm making bets. You know, can you help me out with a little, like, you know?" So, just for t- for today? No, this was like ten years ago. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what, who, when was the cameras rolling? What was the event? I don't want to disclose it. Okay. Because, yeah. All right. So, um, so in this story, just to, if you're keeping score, Fez loan he had so much that he could have his money for the. You were involved in the shoot too, right? He, no, actually, I was not. Okay. Well, when I was on Ballers and I had that big water bill in my hand, was that yours, Fez? <laughs> that was I don't not. No. Okay. No. Fez, can you come down with some money? That was the rocks. <laughs> I tell you, that, that, I love love that because that was my idea. I just showed up and go. You think he's a good prop? He goes, Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, all right, good. I mean, I had it, I held it tight, you know. I mean, I, um, I don't think, I don't know how bad I think that is. I think the the very premise of Instagram is misrepresenting your reality. Yes, right? Isn't there's all kinds of psychological studies how everyone's judging themselves against this fake perception, and thus they all think they fall short. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if everyone's using a filter. Or makeup, like if that's like someone dressing up in fancy clothes is uh, just like an ugly girl putting on enough makeup to come off, come across as pretty. And so you're judging girls again? No, I'm just I'm just saying that 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 happens, and it's like no one says, oh, she's a terrible person because she wears makeup. She's just trying to present herself in a certain way. We got a supervisor in because of Fez's trouble. Mary's sitting. Did you hear about Fez? Oh, not the Jennifer Lawrence. Did you hear when he was judging <laughs> oh, Jennifer Lawrence on a scale of one to ten? No. <laughs> you don't want to even know the number. <laughs> I said again. There's a good subreddit for you. <laughs> oh my gosh, she said there's a good subreddit for you. That's funny. <laughs> Incel? No, true rate me. Oh, true rate me. Margot Robbie. Oh, oh, Margot Robbie. We can rate. No, but apparently Margot Robbie got a low score. Oh, but I called her a ten. Yeah. yeah, on the logarithmic scale. <laughs> All right. So I guess my question is, what is different than a handicapper? You know, let's say this. Let's say we're taking a picture here. All right. And let's say from this one angle, it looks great because we got a lot of nice equipment. This is a full studio. From another angle, you're seeing some uh, cardboard boxes. Right. Mackenzie's a little behind taking the garbage out. Now, do we... Move the cardboard boxes? Do we shoot from the better angle? Yes. Yeah. Is now how different is that? Like what are we talking? Let's define it. People don't want to do that, but what where's the line that it's a problem? Well, I'm wearing my Gucci shoes today. But I haven't worn them all year. Your alligator shoes? But you wore them because you were going in front of a bunch of industry people and you were gonna like you were gonna be on a stage with Yeah. Yeah, with- my wife said, Don't look like a slob, wear these. Now, Darren Ravel, what did he have on? Uh, there's white t-shirt. Yeah, it looked like he was like going to like um uh at the park. Yeah. Very casual. Like he was walking his dog. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> Mackenzie, why do you have a it says twenty year old female is just up on the screen. What's this about? Just an example of truerateme.com. Just a great Reddit. All right, so I'm gonna give her a uh five point eight. I was gonna give seven point four. That's a nine right there. Seven point four. Let's make sure that guess, well, she, make sure our, our guess she's fifty two okay years old, dude. <laughs> I don't think you should read the age. Oh, you're no, estimating it? Yeah. No, she's way younger than no, that. No. Yes. No. Look at her face. Mm. 
See, Mackenzie, I, I thought we weren't doing this anymore. <laughs> I thought we, we had a big talk about He's we're not doing this. He's deflecting the heat off of me, obviously. <laughs> no, I'm thankful. No, no, what I'm saying is if someone throws me in front of the face and <laughs> Raider, I'm going to give you an opinion. I, I, as, a, as a producer, I don't think it's appropriate, Mackenzie. Yes. Sicko. <clears throat> Mary, are you okay with like half-clad women being shown on screen? I'm the one that brought this up. I just want to make sure that no one is possibly offended in any way. All right, so where's the line, guys? I think the line is if you are misrepresenting yourself in a way to, I guess I can say, scam your audience, then then that's crossing the line. But isn't everything we're talking about misrepresenting? Yes, yeah, but to what ends? All right. Yeah, I wouldn't use the word scam. I don't. I think misrepresentation is no, not his as, point. His point strong. is that's the line. That's crossing yeah. the line. Yeah. But, but so what is scamming? Well, the, the other thing is like. Well, let, okay. let him. And then it's on you. It's on. Go ahead. Scamming is not. Not supplying the returns on the customer's investment, whatever that investment is. So if someone if doesn't win, not no, not, not maybe not necessarily win, but not have the lifestyle that you are portraying okay. that they can have with your representation. But, it's the same thing yeah. as if saying, like, um, I don't work for uh, a team or, mm-hmm. or, or, or whatever, but yet I'm selling tickets to an event that are, they're not real tickets, but I'm putting it out there that I'm representing myself as I go to the game, I'm sitting uh-huh. at the 50-yard line, I got great seats, you can have these seats too. Right. So... I, let's define what he's saying because I think there's something here important. Is if there's something that is intrinsically definable, and that's the key. Good and bad isn't right. All Plato's about that. But thank. You. But the question is, is is it quality information or is it a fugazi? Is it inauthentic? Is it counterfeit? Let's use that word. Is it counterfeit? Or not counterfeit. Example, I right. say my record's 118 and 100. I'm having a winning year, but I'm laying minus 123 on average of my plays. So I'm actually down for the year. Now that's a different thing. That's lying about an objective truth. So let's agree. Yes. Lying about your record is next on my tiers. Mm-hmm. Right. But I do think and maybe there's not going to be an answer. We'll go back for one more try. I think this idea of counterfeit or not counterfeit, if you're selling something that's inauthentic, that's not or that's counterfeit, then you're selling something. doesn't matter how you sell it in a way. It's that you're selling something. If I say this is gold and it's not, and I sell it, I've done something wrong. The real question is, and it's back to Rob Pozzola and whomever, who's the arbiter of what's authentic or not? If it's something like opinion. Because mm-hmm. all a pick is is an opinion. Mm-hmm. Sure. But then heaven places uh, started to put like disclaimers like this is for entertainment purpose only, mm-hmm. or or we we do not claim to be experts in the field. And that's or, where but we even expert the... people say yeah. that because and... that you can get you can be liable. I mean, I, the the original of that this is for entertainment only was the the Wire Act, in which Bob Martin, one of the first lines makers ever, one of the most respected guys in the history of Vegas, went to jail over the Wire Act. Literally, pick up the phone. Someone in Chicago says, "Hey, what's the line on this game?" If he told him, he goes to jail over that mm-hmm. because that was the way there were the the wire rooms. That's the only way people got the line. There wasn't any Don Best or whatever. The way to get the line was to call Vegas. And that's why I remember Fez out of the Stardust, those, those bank of phones. Six phones there. Well, more than six. Or it was like 12 or something. There were a whole bunch of them. Yeah, and I used them. Yeah, Absolutely. You go out like, there. As soon as the line goes up, you call Omaha and you let, you let them know. Exactly. <laughs> now, you wouldn't do that. No. Some people. But Kenzie just screams. <laughs> it actually wasn't bad. But why were you saying Omaha like that? It's just a funny expression that people know. 
Well, where's it from? Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he, but he. Oh no, I never. Peyton got... Manning was betting at the Stardust. Oh, <laughs> huh? It's so funny because the way you're saying it, there's only one. You can only say it one word. He was saying Omaha again and again and again, right? Like before the stab, you're like Omaha, Omaha. He goes Omaha. Like he, he made like four. I, I'm telling the linebackers exactly yeah, yeah. where the, where the why stab do all the, coming. No, why do all the quarterbacks say kill, kill to kill the play? Don't they think the defense knows that also? Shouldn't they? You have a term like that's, jersey, that's, jersey. That's, I'm gonna let you know a little secret. Sometimes the things that quarterbacks say aren't true. Now, this is a preview of the next pod that they're going to be doing. It's stealing signals in the NFL. First, though, I don't know if someone's trying to avoid it. You had something, AJ. Yeah, I was going to say, like, it's one thing. I think it's where you said, where's the line drawn? If I rent a, a mansion and a Lamborghini and, and record a YouTube video as a promo mm-hmm. and say, this is the life I've built by betting sports. Usually people don't say that. It's the inference, though. Okay, but that's a lie. Mm-hmm. If Fez wears his Gucci shoes, but is it a lie if you don't say it? It's still a lie. Okay, like, I think if you're inferring it, it's still a lie. Okay, but th- that's the question: is Fez? You're saying, all right, Fez has Gucci shoes that he only wears on special occasions. Yeah. Okay. It's not like he's pretending like he he uh, he has these. Those are his shoes. Now, what happens if someone bought their shoe or bought the car and then returned it the next day? I would say that it, it, but then they're just—they're using it to push a lie. Anything other than if you had a cinema verte type camera following you every second, and we could Truman Show style. Very great few, reference. Yes, yeah, very few people, if anyone, is going to be showing. Like I'll be honest, I pick my nose sometimes in private. Do okay. you, AJ? Sometimes. Okay, Fez. Every day. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> Amen. Now, do we ever? Do you ever pick your nose in front of people? Yeah, it depends on but who the audience you ever is. Do, you ever do at the, uh, the... I haven't seen you at this office. No, no. Okay. We all do things in private, and then we do things in front of a wife or the... Sure. Else. We got these concentric circles of candor. Oh, I just made that up. That's pretty good. Concentric circles, circles of, of candor. And we're trying to now decide this guy, because he has his shoes different than he normally does, is deceiving us. I think you're right. If you got a computer, you could figure out where the line is. It's not clear to me. But do you, you, you agree there's a difference between someone who wants to look nice on a panel, so he pulls out nice mm-hmm. things, versus someone who is pretending that they've got things that they don't in order to pull wool over people's eyes? Right, but let's say this. Let's say Fez only has enough money to have shoes that good once a week. If, if there was someone coming to his house doing a sizzle reel for a potential reality show, and he was in the garden showing that he's also manly, if he had his Gucci shoes on there, that would be misrepresentative. Would that, but would that pass? Would he be scamming? I, I don't think so. All right. So I don't know. I'm saying, listen, I'm taking the tough side here. I could sit and be sanctimonious <laughs> and say, hey, I, I don't know about you guys. I was the odds provider for the Associated Press for six years. You know, I mean, I'm credentialed. I'm defending people that aren't because I understood this was a flaw in the system. And from the, right when that Donahue thing, Donahue thing happened that I reported on pretty extensively and got a lot of publicity over in 2008, if I recall, I've thought, okay, this is an opportunity. Let me 
befriend and do good work for these people, and I'm going to be the guy that was on this show. And the guy. And well, then, correct me if I'm wrong. That basically did credential you, just like a Don Vonada doing. Like he didn't come out as an expert, and then he did, you know, an expose on a hurricane and something it else. Certainly and, contributed. And, and he to won it. awards for it, and boom. But most people that know me now don't even know that I was involved in that. So it was. It gave me an opportunity to build upon it. I but guess. It was like yeah, but it was a great spot on the I, resume I, I with think the so. legitimacy. I think, and even at the time, Ken White was complaining. What's he know? I, he's he doesn't run Las Vegas Sports Consultants. See, I've gone through every iteration. Well, been, that's only because you weren't credentialed. Exactly. Before. So how do I ever get any credentials? It, exactly. That's it. Exactly. Is is to me? That's why I'm always leery of sportsbook guys because I'm not saying they're not nice guys. But it's like they're taking the easy way out, and they're paying a price for it, though, because it's not fun. It's funny. You would think a sports book would be like, well, it's gambling. I mean, as far as I can see, unless you're at the very top, they 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 pretty they crack down on those people, you know, those ticket writers. It's pretty regimented what you got to do to be in a sports book. Yeah, I had I, I know a ticket writer that like he paid out one hundred thirty two dollars instead of collecting, mm-hmm. so two hundred fifty six, two hundred seventy two dollars. Like Joe Pesci difference. style, and he got he, he got fired. He's like, sorry, got to let you go. You know, even though we know this is where the mistake was. You know, one mistake and you're out. Were you laying or taking? <laughs> he was, was taken. <laughs> so so I, all I'm saying is it's too easy that once you get behind the velvet rope to tell other people stay out, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can, you know, I can really relate to being in a position where, and then guys like, you know, as I emerged, it was like every new time I stepped into a new arena, it was like, who's this guy? Mm-hmm. And, and it was like, I didn't even engage with it. I just kept trying to kept moving. You kind of talked about this when the the plus one hundred or even money thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, who are you? Like, who's the arbitrator of what's okay to say and what's not? Like, where do you, where do you get the license to say I'm an expert? You're not. You've got to know this, or you're not. Like, it, it, I, that's not the real. trick. If you're judging, the implication is you're the expert. You're in the club, and that's why it's so intoxicating to judge people because it's like you're deciding. Mm-hmm. That's you, one. You get to decide the way you want, but two, if you're judging, you must really be in the club. Yeah, you know what this reminds me of is in going back to like my old sports radio days, when Bleacher Report first started as a company. They weren't a big credentialed company. They didn't have the backing that they have now. They were a fan-produced website. And Deadspin was like that in a way, So basically anybody can be a writer for their website. It's kind of like Wikipedia. Anybody can go on Wikipedia and change somebody's Wikipedia. When Bleach Report first started, I could have been like the Jets writer for Bleach Report. Didn't matter. Yard barkers like that. Yeah, and so I remember like I had a, a big argument with one of my radio producers at the time because he would try to book me a guest and it would be like, Oh, who who is this person? Like, why am I putting them on a, a nationally syndicated radio show? Oh, well, they cover this team for Bleacher Report. And I go, that doesn't mean anything. Like, are they a credentialed media member? Are they at practice? No. Well, do they have firsthand accounts of what went on? Do they talk to the players or the coach? No. Well, then who are they? They don't have credentials. And then that's what's happening now in the sports betting world is that these companies it's like who like where do we draw the line of what's credential and what's not credential I don't if think- the action network hires somebody is that person now a credentialed sports betting expert or if pregame hire somebody I think we we agree that that person well, we has more credentials that. We yes. believe that and I believe our audience believes that as yeah, well but yeah. you are also very honest about it like when I, I came here two years ago almost to the day and you made it clear that this this guy is not a professional better. Like he is a he, and somehow you beat me in Fez last year, uh, right? <laughs> but like it's not like you're 
it's not like you're presenting us as, hey, this is... Listen, I've thought all this stuff through. And I, the last thing I want to do... Listen, I've got enough enemies that if I do something wrong... The thing about having a lot of enemies is you kind of watch what you do because you know you're being watched. And I think it's, you know... Oscar Goodman used to tell his clients, assume the FBI is listening every second. And if you do that, it's pretty. you're not going to say a lot of stuff. Death Wish 1974, we will be watching you very closely, Mr. Kersey. Do you remember that? <laughs> no, is this Charles Bronson? Yeah, after, after they knew he was the killer, but they, they wanted him to still be out and about and free. We'll be watching you very closely, Kersey. Another pod coming up soon in this feed. Fez does the movies. Siskel... And Fezzik. <laughs> oh, Cisco's. I guess Ebert's dead, too. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. So, Fez, I have found you guilty of this kind of stuff in the past. You say, you know, I do this, so that's okay, but everything to the south of here is a problem. Do you kind of see where that's off at this point? I get why you want to feel that, but do you see where, hey, there's people look? Remember, you went on some podcast and they were attacking you. It's like, how can you say you're a professional if you do this? And if you're such a great world-class professional, why don't you have a betting, you know, of thirty million dollars? How come it's below that? Yes. And, and and that was a person who was being sanctimonious. That was deciding by his critique, by his values, you fell short of it. Yes. And the irony is now you. By the way, you equated yourself. Really well in yeah, that case. Thank you very much. And the irony was that was on the Circles Off podcast with Rob Pozzola and okay. Johnny. And Johnny came after me, but Rob. But, it, but do you see the. No, here's the thing. It's easy for the. I told you at the time, didn't I? I go, Rob was defending you. You go, yeah. I go, but was that guy on the show the next week? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. It's nice to have an attack dog that does what you want and then you can seem yeah. like the reasonable one. Mm, I might have been bristling more but I've sit next to him during this this you know and you segment. were defending each other I mean I I, yeah. I don't listen I like Rob yeah. we all have, people might say RJ because he was a, a outlaw once he's too sympathetic to outlaws you could I mean we all got and our Darren experience. said you know you, you have a bad reputation to Rob Pizzola and I said Rob Pizzola has a great reputation I think you said impeccable wasn't it yeah isn't that the quote, Scott? Oh, I'll get the quote, yeah. It was impeccable. <laughs> Is that for you? According you agree with that? Was that proper? I, yeah, I don't think, I mean, unless you're talking about for sanctimony. Yeah, I don't know anyone that's like. I, no, I think Rob is legitimate in that he doesn't do anything that could be perceived as illegal or unethical. I find it to be, and, and again, I'd much rather have someone that's a little too sanctimonious that is naturally ethical and maybe help them see, hey, maybe we shouldn't judge quite as much mm-hmm. than someone who's just a scammer. That you, right. th- that's hard to reform them. Did you have what was? Oh it? yeah, no, the word is impeccable. He said your your reputation is impeccable. That's right. quote direct. Quote I never use that Fezzik. word too. That's no, you do thing. pretty. You use it pretty regularly. Never mind. <laughs> Thanks, AJ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, but that's why I don't bet me about word. I, I there's something about him. Do you agree that he uses the word impact? I don't think I've ever heard him say it. Okay. But maybe he has. Maybe he has. Maybe just not to me. Oh, <laughs> All right. We've talked a lot. I am RJ Bell. This is a special edition of our podcast. It wouldn't be a dream preview, but it's on this feed. And by the way, if you're not subscribed to this feed. This is case in point why you should be. Because if you were like, dum de dum, I guess the pod comes out on Monday, uh, Wednesday, and that's your VAM. I got them on my other feed. Boop, boop, boop. Oh my God, what was that? And it's going to all be, pa- you can, if you're listening late, hey, 
good luck. You're, it's fine, but you don't get it breaking as it happens. It's the- like magic. I got to tell you, I'm a square ball, you know, when it comes to technology. So I hit that podcast and and, and it, it comes up like S-O-V-A-S, it's always boom. there as soon as I get up. It's like magic. It's Christmas morning. What was that on The Simpsons when uh, there was a guy saying Moon River? And uh, and the guy Bam, second encore. Yeah, Moon River. Who would have thought it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Fez. So where is your head at now? I mean, like, where would you? Ju- I mean, I get where your instinct is. Everyone to the south. You, but what I'm saying is, what feels right? Because you've been you've been on both sides of it. You've gotten a lot of love. Because when you came on, the, let's be honest. When you came on the scene. With the two super contests, meaning you were a known guy in Vegas, con John Kelly's show. Not, it kind of reminds me of that, this episode, too, by the way, uh, this, this incident. But um, outside of Vegas, it was limited. When you won the first and then a second super contest, you got in good with Chad Millman, who was part of the Action Network. And there was about two years where Millman was, they'd ask him, who's the best batter in Vegas? He goes, well, I think Fezzik is. Um, that was a lot of love. What you've gotten also is a lot of betters who think they're just as good as you. We haven't heard their name. Their mommy's not proud of them because they they're not on ESPN+. And they're saying, no, Fez is that or he's this and he doesn't win this much, blah, blah, blah. So you've been on both sides of it. Sure. Love, hate. You should be sympathetic to those being unfairly criticized. Where do you think the line should be? I think it's gray. I think it depends on on all this, the the circumstances, situations. Because everyone wears the white. There's some people. One, the, it's the rare person that wears the the white hat, right? And the rare person that wears the black hat. That's easy. And then there's different transparent. The, 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 the different colors in but between. But most people think they wear the white hat. You know, I'm everyone not sure. judge. You think Rob Pozzola thinks he's gray? Yeah, that's a good point. Because I don't think I wear the white hat. Because like I, well, I mean, you're so far from the white hat. How could you think that? <laughs> yeah, it's, I still remember like I'm at the Flamingo, like I'm making a bet, and they're like, "You just made that bet four minutes ago over at the link," and I'm like, "No, that wasn't me. That was my cousin." <laughs> All right, so, but but I get there's shades of gray. But isn't by definition the shades of gray means we should be less quick to want to like critique and overjudge that's a, a great point and, and unfortunately if you're like only like a, a, a two shades of gray and someone's seven shades of gray you're like oh mm-hmm. that guy's bad but the seven shade guy's like but he's he's 23 shades i'm the good guy yeah so we're back to what i started the pod with and open this up who is saying something that works against their interests raw pozzola goes out of his way to be ethical Thus, by saying ethics matter more than anything, it benefits him. He might believe it. It might be what God would say, but it still benefits him, right? I I would make the small case what I'm saying doesn't benefit me because, one, me siding with Darren Ravel, which I have no affinity to or the action action network, which is a competitor effectively. But I just – to me, for my own sake, I got to be – consistent in my mind and i just don't know the good of everyone trying to judge everyone else bookmakers will say if someone doesn't if they're not a bookmaker they can't talk about the market because in truth the bookmakers have a perspective on the market we don't sure if you're not a better you don't understand the market well they have a perspective a true winning better i don't know the thing is 
no one is ever going to get 100% of the audience's trust, mm-hmm. regardless of who you are, where you are, or what side you fall on. You mentioned a bookmaker. A bookmaker can come on the air and give you the stats, and they'll be part of the audience that says, oh, the only reason they're giving out betting percentages is because they want you to bet on that side. They, they want you to lose. Or else why would they give out that information? It's like the audience is always, I think people just in human nature are just built to be distrustful. And I think, I think, and that's probably smart. That's how we survived, right? Mm-hmm. The theory is if, if someone comes walking up in the woods when you were back in caveman days when we were, and we thought, oh, that might be a nice guy. Let's invite <laughs> him in. You know, it didn't work yeah, out too genealogy well. genealogy doesn't continue very <laughs> yeah, long. Exactly. So I think that it's fear. I think everyone, because there is no validation, right? There, you see, again, academia, there's a re- who's the best physics professor in the United States? No one knows. It's hard to know. Now, if someone wins the Nobel Prize, now that means something. It means a lot. But like, if you read it, like Beautiful Mind, which was a really great book. Uh, the movie was fine, but it was a great book I read. And they, Nash and the people, John Nash and the people he competed with were so competitive. They were so worried that so-and-so was going to get there first and win the Nobel. And I mean, we saw it somewhat in Goodwill Hunting with the represent, representation of the guy that won the Fields Medal. Remember, that was the math guy. And he he was like he felt like his career just didn't become, you know, and then Ron Williams says it's like the Nobel Prize, but they only give it once every four years. Mm. And it's like that sounds like the height of any industry. But the guy was 10 years past that. And that's the thing in academia. Usually, if you get past 35, the good ideas are done. As much as Einstein represents intelligence to us now, he did almost all of the stuff that mattered before 30. He had two years. He wrote three papers that changed the world, but he was 26. Well, I haven't seen Oppenheimer yet, but that, that's the challenge they had, right? They're trying to recruit the best minds to build this bomb, right? Well, that was one where there was ethical concerns because they knew what it would change the world. Yeah. But also there was a lot of ego involved. And Oppenheimer wasn't it, – I've actually – before all this, I happened to read a book on Oppenheimer. Mm. And he was, uh, he was a master at – Diploma. He was he was a rare uh, wonk that was social, almost like you. Like you, you said back at Transamerica Fest, you were the king of the nerds because you were the most social nerd. Yes, right. The one-eyed man in the in the blind <laughs> land. Yes, I could I could speak to clients. Yes. So so this guy was like that, where he wasn't the highest level scientist Oppenheimer, but he was able to bring those guys together. There's a good book I've recommended a few times. Uh, long. Long-term capital management, it's called When Genius Fails. It's about the first hedge fund that had all professors in it, Mm. and it failed. And there was a guy named, I think his name was Merriweather, who was that same role. The role was a good mathematical guy, but was better at getting the best mathematical guys together. So what we know is there isn't an IQ test that you can say, well, he's this, or he's that, or he scored this on the boards. There is none of that. The only ultimate point in sports betting is money, right? But if you really just cared about the money, why would you be public at all? Why isn't Billy putting out his picks? Why doesn't Billy have a Twitter account? Billy Walter, because he didn't need it, right? Right? He didn't care. He, you know, 
maybe he should have in calling one of those. He said, he said I'm, I'm, believe it or not, I'm a very private man. Even though I was on, you know, well, listen, when the these feds TV have been shows. after you, when the feds have been after you for forty years, you're going to be private. Yeah, and I mean, again, the, the, I hope this story really. I've I've only talked. You know, we were lucky before this late last push. We had Malensky set it up live. The last live interview he had done for like a long time, like it was more than five years, uh, on our ESPN show here, um, and that's still up there. So, uh, you know, I should actually tweet sure. that out in the next couple of days. Um, yeah, but. He literally was part of the computer group, the first real group, and they did some sh- some stuff. They got some legal issues. It didn't really get bad, and then it was like five-year statute of limitations, and the day before it expired, so it had been five years ago, the feds filed right against him, and it was like a two-year case. He got a hung jury, all right? So now you're seven years past the incident, Okay. They had another X period of time. They file at the very end to redo the case. Another case. Another, I don't remember, hung jury or there was nullification, whatever. They did, went after him a third time. So it was like 12 years after the first event. He was still fighting something. And it's just like, why? Well, it was because someone, well, one, gamblers are bad, right? Which is not much different than what Colin said, you know, which again, come on. And... Then it was because he beat him. Like Billy has always had enough money that he and he knows to go pay the lawyers. You pay the lawyers when you're in real trouble, and he won, or effectively he didn't lose. Well, correct, correct me if I'm wrong. So, he, and he's also beating the Nevada casinos yeah. who are in bed with the politicians, who are in bed with the legislators and the government. Yeah, somewhat. I, yeah, maybe. You, you think that's interesting? You think the casinos are saying, "Let's get this guy out of commission." They wouldn't be opposed to it. Maybe. I never even thought that's cynical, but you're probably right. And then the funny thing is he never goes to jail for any of that. Ends up where he does 60 minutes, $300 million net worth, tons of charity. He's developing golf courses, used car lots he's got or car lots. And then he has an insider trading thing, which it was the guy who was like the CEO of the company was involved. And I'm going by. So we'll say allegedly here. I think I got this right. And Phil Mickelson and Billy, and only one person went to jail. And correct, and Mickelson me, had to pay back a million dollars. Correct. So, so, which means you did something wrong. Yes. Correct but me. He if I, refused to testify on Billy's behalf. Mm-hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that with the insider trading, it's like the insider who's A tells B Billy, all right, who tells C Mickelson. And so Mickelson, like for a small period of time, there was a um, a case previously that had the exact circumstances. They said, "Oh, C can't be prosecuted." So they let Mickelson off the hook. And then literally, like, months later, there was another ruling that, that totally reversed that and said, oh, no, C is on the hook still. Yeah, I mean, listen, anyone that's been involved in the justice system in any way, and some, luckily I've never had to go through any of this, but you see some of this family court stuff where the kids are involved, and it's like, it's like literally you're surprised that people aren't car bombing these judges. I mean, it's like there's so mu- so many cases that there's just it doesn't seem to be it's so disconnected from reality mm-hmm. that that and and, uh, and now you, if someone's uh, freedom is at stake. But do you see how it all comes together? If Billy's bad because he's a gambler, then putting him in jail is no big deal. He de- yep. he's done wrong things. Saying so and so is bad because he has alligator shoes. It, it, we're labeling people, and to me, that's dangerous. And to me, 
I don't know. I, you know, I, I guess the, here's my question. What could be the like, – should it be that you you think they know more than – is that the threshold they have to know more than you? Is that it? That's or they not, can't ever say anything wrong? To be wrong? legitimate? No, yeah. No, they don't need to know more than me. So I what think, do they need to know? I think they just they – don't. they need to be competent. But what, what is that? You're just saying another way, saying good. Yeah. Like, like what is competent? It's like, a difficult question for me to answer. Well, then shouldn't we kind of not be quick to judge? Well, you know, it's, it's easier for me to see what's incompetent than what's mm, not competent. Show you pornography, the, you know. The huh? fact that Fez, it's difficult for him to answer, makes this whole thing more difficult because the way that you gain credibility in the gambling Twitter world or just in the sports gambling social media world is to be accepted by your peers. And it's like you know who the, the respected betters are because Fez respects that person. But is Fez respected? Yes, because, because others, I would say Fez has as many. Him. I would say he has many as many detractors as anyone. I agree with that. Sure. However, I think if you if you took the top one hundred great gambling sports so betting now, minds, now who's deciding that? We'll give him a questionnaire. All right, whoever scores. The oh, so highest. it's like the blackjack ball and yeah, exactly. Okay. The highest scores, I think, I would I would do very well in terms of my rating. But I think them. I think you're right that that any true expert knows you're a true expert. But they still have problems with you, some of them. That I yeah, agree but, with. Uh, that, but, but, but the on, question is not who has problems or not. I'm just saying who is considered, like, credentialed. And I think but I don't f- think anyone's ever used the word credentialed no, no, when it comes it, to it. So, yeah, like, it's a bad is word it, to what's use. It? No, no, it's not about It's yeah. the perfect word. But what's the other word? Like, how would you be thinking about it if it wasn't, you know, validated in a way? Yes. Right? Okay. Validated by your peers. Like, I can start, I can roll off just a bunch of names of betters that I know. And I think, RJ, if I told you all the names, Mm -hmm. you would be able to say, yes, respected sports better. No, not. Because it would be based off, have you heard of them? And do you know people like Fezzik who have either worked with them or know who they are and and believe them to be sharp betters? I don't know. I don't. I I think I question the whole kind. It's kind of like a game of telephone. If you don't trust the first level, how do you trust the third level? I'm not sure if someone's known if that would matter to me. I think if they've been kicked out of multiple sports books, as an example, that that I mean, that doesn't mean necessarily that they're They're anti-credentials. That they should be completely respected, but it's a good thing. I mean, it's. Then again, you're right. Maybe they just how do you you validate? You're right. Maybe they just use profanity and get kicked and got kicked out that way. And how do you know if someone wasn't just moving for someone? Yeah. See, that's the whole point here. Mm-hmm. I don't. To me, if I'm judging someone, I only need to listen to them talk for ten minutes, and I can tell you if they're my definition of competent. I think the issue is how many mistakes do you make. I think that to say something that's white toast, that that is understood, that's part of the market, people do that all the time. We don't know what's always in the market. I would say half of what we talk about is probably built into the line. Yeah, you know that's a great example because, like, I'll use the example. Like a six-point favorite, all right? And people say, I'm teasing that minus six, all right? Mm-hmm. But you can play the money line minus 230. Like right there, that's an invalidation of that person being an expert because 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 a, a, a pro would never tease a six if they could play the money line minus 230 because it's the same bet. Team has to win. And if I play in a teaser, I'm laying minus 260. Now I can lay minus 230. That more better. That's just like you cannot say that and be considered to be – say things like that and be considered to be a respected pro. So here's an area that I think you would be weak at, that I think it would be unfair, but I actually, if people critique you over it, but I think that the new generation would. 
which is your math at the level of regression analysis and all that, it's not a huge part of what you're doing. Yes. Almost everyone else that that is under the age of, let's say, under the age of 40 who has emerged on the sports betting scene, they all seem to have a math background to the point where my model, my model. Mm. And, and you instinctually are able to do a It's almost like Doyle. You're Doyle now. It's like Doyle versus Durr, right? Durr, Great example. Yeah. I, I think generally Durr knows things. Let's talk about 10 years ago. Doyle's old, old now. But I, I don't know. He could still beat me, I'm sure. But the um, Durr, at the time 10 years ago, understood things Doyle didn't and vice versa. Because you don't have, you didn't have all the computer generation. You had to learn things more instinctually. But if someone said, "Listen, if someone can't do a blah 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 solver and blah 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 regression analysis, blah blah blah," you know, you know, uh, let me think. I was thinking something smart here. Uh, what is that? A forest tree? What's what's the one called, Mackenzie? There's a certain kind of regression. You remember? Look it up. I'll sound smart. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. This is recorded. No. <laughs> um, if they don't do that, that, that's the bare minimum. That's the baseline to get in the conversation. That would A lot of people would agree with that. Yeah, and I think they're actually right when it comes to pure modeling, that I, that, that I am not competent as a pure modeler in mm-hmm. that subcategory of sports betting. But they, they think that's the only way to win a betting. Well, it's kind of like me saying a coach, for a coach to be a great coach, he has to be great you know, with like, like these decisions, and that's 6% of his job. Exactly. So what we're saying... Doyle passed away. Yeah, yeah. I, was about to say, I, I, I hope you don't lose. How Doyle. did I miss? How did I miss that? Yeah, just a couple months ago. It was a big topic on SOVIM. I wow! Holy camoly! How old was he? Ninety. I did not know that. Yeah, Ninety years old. May. So what I was were you doing? May fourteen. I don't know. I don't know. Binge watching some. You know, Yellowstone. So, no, or ironically, say, yesterday I, would have been his ninetieth birthday. Okay, mm. I would say this. Um, when I don't have to do a daily show now, there's a blissfulness to not having to worry about every machination. So again, obviously I miss something important, but um, and I don't go on Twitter too much. So I, you know, I, I got to be honest. You want to know what I'm doing? <laughs> I, you'll get a kick out of this, Fez. I found an archive of Larry Grossman's shows in 2002 and three. You can bet on it? Yeah. Yeah. And I've been listening to, like, one show a day. Oh, Lordy, you're going to get to when I hosted it. Yeah, well, they, they, they have access through that. And, <laughs> uh, but, but I'm telling you, it's so fascinating. It, 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 just, it was a whole different world, you oh, know? Oh, yes. And, and, yeah. So it's got the station casino guys coming on. Yeah, like, you know, the segment. guy from the Stardust was the guy. It was right before the NCAA tournament. I just randomly picked the day. Uh-huh. And I've listened to a couple now. It's interesting. Um, so I could have told you what happened in the NFL week before the playoffs or whatever, I think it was. Another one I listened to back in 2003. But Doyle <laughs> passing away, I missed somehow. So, Wow. That's kind well, of sad. You know, and, and, and to use an example of a guy who got older, like Lem Banker, by all accounts, like like he would have failed my math test, right? But didn't mean the guy wasn't you know betting and doing well when I was up and coming, right? Exactly. So every generation thinks they know best. It's a constant battle between the old guard and the new guard. Right. Finally, they supplant them, and then it's going to be that battle again. 
But doesn't that show you, like, I think that's a great example, is everyone wants to say, like, if you came up in the 90s, the 80s, people were square. And UFC's like that. Like, what field isn't like that, right? Yeah. Or, or if, look, you, if you've come around watching UFC in the last 10 years, people are like, this guy, he's not old school. He doesn't know. He doesn't, but, you, if you're trying to say, especially if you're trying to say who the best guys are. People are like, how do you know? You haven't you haven't seen all these. Yeah, but see, I think it's the opposite in UFC. Where, tell me if I'm wrong. Things iterate so fast, and even you've said like Chuck Liddell wouldn't be one of the top uh, that's thirty true. guys. Today. That's true. So it's like now, are the betters better today than they were then? I think if you want to bet a bunch of, go ahead, Fred. What do you think? I, I think they're much stronger. But yeah. wouldn't you say that the the casinos have evolved with them, and it's harder to win now? So like, as the betters have gotten better, it's become harder for them to be successful. Yes, but not to nearly the same growth. They, a lot of it, they're just benefiting from the information the betters are passing, or on they're to them just in yeah, the exactly, lines. Or, or just by limiting. They say we're not necessarily getting better. We, we'll just limit you if you're good. You're, you're yeah, limited. but but there's always example, other guys. Circa, Circa doesn't limit. Yeah, that's true. Right, and I mean the places that don't. Here's the thing. The betters, see, I'm against the, the big betters too, or not the big ones, but the $5,000 guys, because they want the books dumb enough that they can beat pretty regularly to take all their action. But the books smart enough to take all their action are the ones they can't beat as easy, so they're not as interested, right? Mm-hmm. So the trick is if only these books that I can beat will take all my action gladly. Yes. <laughs> Except the circle will take all your action gladly. They will. Can't beat them. <laughs> but it's hard to yeah. beat them. Well, you know, that's interesting. Let's put quotations around gladly because how glad is circuit when I bet a USFL and I lay three? Well, they let you bet it. Yeah. That's they let all me, the glad they then, have but, to but, be. But then, but then school is out because then I lay three and they make it five. Okay. So I can make, I can bet it once. I can bet the limit once. Okay. And then the whole that's market. Enough. That's what you're supposed to be able to do. But, bet the, the but then the whole once. market's torpedoed for, for 2000. You don't care about other people. Well, 2000's fine. If I can uh, exactly. Someone else is probably going to bet but, it. But anyways. let's be honest. If Billy's, if, if, if what did Billy do in that case? Billy, allegedly. Well, Billy would hammer the other side. Yeah, He'd, if they overreacted, absolutely. So then, one out of X number of games is going to be a, a dummy move that, that you dummy up the game and bet the other way. You know, we're talking about bet bash, and one thing Billy said that I thought was great is he said, "You, you know, I uh, there'd be games. It's that, a hell of a story. There'd be games. Let me finish. <laughs> there's there's games that were just like off by like. Oh, we only had them off by like one half, a key half number, like, and it'd be two and a half. And we kind of like two and a half, not a lot. We'd go ahead and whack it early in the week because we weren't going to make a big bet anyways. Why not? Just get our norm. We could get 20 dimes down. That's all we were going to bet anyways. But if we want 200K down, no way we're going to touch that minus two and a half. Okay, I'm not following the story. Is it, do they like laying the two and a half? He, it dep- if you ask him, should I move early in the week? He's mm-hmm. like, how much do I like it? If exactly. I really like it, I wait. If I kind of like it, I don't wait. But what about when sometimes he wants to bet, he bets the opposite side? Well, That's then, what's interesting. Well, then, it, then when it was three and he really likes my two and a half, he'll take the three early on in the cycle and fool everybody. By yes. the way, it's called uh, random forest modeling. Never it's heard a, of it. It's an ensemble learning method used for classification and regression tasks. It operates by constructing multiple decision trees at training time and outputting the class that is the mode of the classes from individual trees for classification or the mean prediction of the individual trees for regression. I have no idea what you just read. <laughs> now, it's right there, and those I are the guys that are going to judge Fez. And it goes, he doesn't know. And you know what? They're both right. They, they probably wouldn't know that minus six in the money line. And because that's the kind of thing you get from playing for decades of having great instincts. Yeah. And just like when you ask me, 
about what's the, Fez, what do you think the probability that this is happens? I think I'm as good as anyone I in the world. So. Even I like, like so. I said, it's about three percent, two point eight percent, and I won't get it like to the decimal. But like in terms of, you could give me a questionnaire with any of these twenty three year old kids, mm-hmm. and I still think I could kick their ass. But do you see the danger though? You're this because if they get to decide the criteria, that questionnaire is never happening. <laughs> yes, right. And so all of a sudden, I yes, I fail the question. Which brings it back to Rob Pozzola. What is the Action Network doing that's wrong? Because I heard Rob, and again, I think Rob, I'm going to keep saying this because it's important. I think he is a stand-up guy. I would have lunch with Rob and be glad. I would learn something, and it would be a pleasant experience, I'm guessing, unless he was getting I – don't, no, I don't think he gets critical of me, so, yeah, everything's fine. No, it's, <laughs> but my point is that, that – I, he's so clear-cut with it. There's something in it in him that makes him want to judge. But one thing he said that I really disagreed with like a year ago, there was a brilliant promotion in Ohio, one of these books did. And we talked about it. You guys will remember. It's something where you got to win so many in a row, and it's a million dollars. And if you win that many in a row, it was some bonus. There was something where they were trying to get people to, like— get a lot of little mini streaks. You know what I'm talking about? No, but it sounds like, you know, all the beat the street contests that like Major League Baseball would run or th- different people but would we run. Were ta- it was even better than that. Okay, Mackenzie's got it up here. All right, this is it. Good job. All right, the first Ohio user to hit a winning streak of 30 qualifying micro bets in a row will win a million dollars. If no one hits 30 micro bets in a row, you'll be awarded 50000 for the single longest winning streak. Now, people might say, well, how much really is the implicit on each of those bets? Well, it's not much, but the beauty is you didn't have to bet anything to be in this, meaning the fact that you made a bet $5 or more means you could enter that ticket into this, and thus it was a true free roll. If you went 16 and 14 over 30 bets, you win you know, with the vigor, you know, obviously you win a little bit at minus 110, right? If I'm betting five bucks, why would I bet anywhere else? Yeah, Each bet had to be at minimum minus 125. Or, yeah. or, or not not laying more than that. You, can't, yeah. you, you couldn't play big favorites. Big favorites, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, so what it's saying is is you either take a dog or lay 110 or even 120, but that we don't want you laying 200 because it's easier to win 30 in a row. Right. Yeah, it said odds must be at least 125. Yeah, which it could seem like it's laying more than that is what they want, but they mm-hmm, mean mm-hmm. the payoff has to be at least that. Okay, so Fez, think about that. That is saying effectively, if you're a small batter, Go ahead and do your thing. Nickel, you know, $5 here, $5 there. But at all times, you have a lottery ticket going on. Exactly. You know, it's very eerily similar. You probably remember this, RJ. One of the downtown casinos had, like, some special where, like, and craps, if you if you passed a certain number of times, you got some bonus that they mm-hmm. gave out. Mm-hmm. But you had, you had to be playing the whole time. And, and it was one of these, you know, it would be a million-to-one shot to, 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 you know, to, to pass that many times in a row, you know? So... Mackenzie, give us uh, one to the 30th power, or I guess not one, right? Uh, give us two to the 30th, it's 55th. Give us two to the 30th power and say, you know, how much, and then it's figure It's a billion. Out. It's got to be a billion. Thousand to one for 10, million to one for, you know, for, for 20. So a billion for, I think, for yeah. 30. One, one billion, 73 million, 741,000. Okay, perfect. So divide that by, so let's think about this. So what's the, so if we just would move that two decimal places to go from a dollar to a penny, right? So, um, so you're saying one billion, so it'd be like, uh, it'd be like 12 or uh, 10 million, it'd be one ten millionth of a penny. 
it would be the value on each one. Yeah. Right? Okay. So it's a pretty brilliant thing because one ten millionth of a penny doesn't seem like much. Or you could look at it like a billion people have to do this, and then you're going then you'll have to pay it out on average. Well, I don't think I don't think that how many people are in the world? You're happy if a billion people sign up. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the right. So but here's the thing. You can go everywhere else, you can bet the same five dollars and get nothing in addition. Mm-hmm. Right? Why am I bringing this up? Because this was the exact advertisement or promotion that Raw believed was predatory. Well, he was incorrect, in my opinion. Well, okay, but we all got our opinions. That's yeah. what's dangerous about it. But what I'm saying is, I think there's an underlying condescension to the masses. Ah, because he's doing the math, and he's saying, this is worthless. The masses think they have a legitimate chance that they could win, and they and they really don't. It's too... I think it's more he thinks that they can't control themselves, and if, ah. you, let the, if you let the masses have the... You know, don't let the Indians have fire water. Don't let the masses... Have, I mean, it's like we're all afraid that people are going to somehow be so stupid that we have to have a nanny state. Mm. And, it, and it's like the whole idea of a nanny state is every, the authorities, the overlords, are looking down and protecting us from ourselves. Come on. Someone, I, someone at the seminar said, they, I, I don't want someone to have to wipe my ass for me. <laughs> you know, it's like... It, well, that, was, that was quite poetic. <laughs> <laughs> but, but think about it. What they're saying is people... Let's think about this now. We're trying to critique who should be an expert... Well, maybe it should be don't lie. Let's start there. Yeah. Tell the truth. If you don't tell the truth, we should completely identify and say that guy's a liar. He said he's 14 and 5. Can you believe him? Because there's nothing. We know he's a known liar. A known liar stops everything, right? And that's why, to me, one of the things at pregame that we are most adamant about is, and Fez, probably day one, you came in the door. I said, we don't lie. Right, you but, can go in to the website, click on the pro, click on you know the, their picks. It shows the first, first ten. You click it, it showed like a document history. You can click on the season. How have they done for the season in each and every sport? Even AJ was able to figure out how he did in college uh, football. It took him a while, but you were able to figure it out. Able to figure right it out. during the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear that one, Mary. He. <laughs> so we were doing a college football promotion. And the first guy was Fez, I think, up like 70 units. Second guy was, uh, was it good? For, I can't remember. Up like 40. Nover. Nover was at like 50 years. And then the third guy was A.J. Hoffman up like 11 units. I'm thinking, he's third? And then I thought about it. Well, wait a minute. The first year you were here, you won it. The second year you were here, you won it. You had the best college. Like, maybe give us like a three- or four-year record that he's going to be up like 60, 70 units. He's like, all right, hold on a second. And he's like squinting in the computer trying to figure it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I, if I, I figured if I was giving everybody's from last year that it, it would have seemed fair to give mine from It's last. like a mutual except, fund that kicked the ass. information that would be more telling, you figure it wouldn't be fair to tell it. Yes. To draw the analogy like a mutual fund that had the greatest returns of a four-year period and had a pretty good year last year. It's like, well, we had a pretty good year last year. Now, yeah. is it, like, can, we, can this not be the AJ's a dummy podcast? <laughs> okay. I, I, I get will, it. I will say I'm this. I'm going to make Darren Ravel as a dummy podcast. <laughs> now, I will say this, though, is Joe DiMaggio hit in 56 straight games. Or you could say he hit in 56 of 58. Yes. True. All right, because anytime there's a streak, there you lost the one before and you lost the one I, after. I once bo- it's over, I believe he hit like twenty straight. That it was right a lot. after, it, which is amazing. But the point is, that's the given. You can't ask people to not promote the attractive truth. 
as long as the full truth is available for review. That's the bar we've set. Some people have written 50-page articles trying to criticize that. They had to lie a lot during the article and the New York State Supreme Court said, or effectively, the, the threat of that case caused them to concede a lot of points. Okay, so we'll take that for what it's worth, a lot. But the fact of the matter is, there were people that were about us, oh, you don't put all the records front and center, you put those behind. It's like, yeah, that's what people do. If there's a box in the corner and you're taking a picture, they either move the box or they take a picture from a different angle. Right, as long as you know the full truth is available, that's where my bar. Everybody is. does it. Like, like I went Everyone to a life does I went that. to a Padre game. You know, they won. They they're going ahead and they're like a batter's up and they're like he's hitting three eighty nine his last nine games. Well, I guess I don't think he did very well in that tenth game before. So if you tell the truth, and you're, in, I've always said the information you provide is your resume. Meaning I've heard people for the first time ever on a radio show and I'm going, this guy knows what he's talking about. One time, right? And I've heard people talk for months, I, and again, I usually don't listen, that don't have anything to say that interests me. But I get to decide that. Now, if I'm being lied to, this guy won 17 straight super contests. Well, wait, I thought, fe- nope, 17 straight. Well, if he's lying to me and I believe it, I can get fooled. That's why I think lying is something we got to be strong about. But after that, after lying, after predatory type promotion, you know, all law phone rooms, I don't know if there's any other threshold that matters. Tell the truth and let your work speak for yourself. You know, we brought up the, the president in gambling in the other areas. All right. You walk through a casino, right? Is the casino lying when they're showing like these big roulette wheels and they install these, you know, history um, screens that cost them $50,000 to show the last 15 spins? No. And there have been 11 reds yeah. and four blacks? Is it, are the sports books lying when they tweet out a winning parlay? At yeah. extreme odds, they're not lying. Somebody bet that and won it. Are but the casinos reason... lying when they put the billboard? It's like it, 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 it's like yeah, million dollar jackpot. Omar, Omar won a hundred thousand yeah. dollars, but you know they're with, not lying. With, with the they're jackpot. putting it up for a reason. I agree, and and the funny thing is, you guys were sitting in a casino that there's not a positive EV thing in sight. If, if the people that believe the only way people should be able to bet is if somehow they're going to win. Well, the first question is, who in the F is taking those bets? If everyone's winning, who's taking them? <laughs> right? So the assumption is most people are going to lose in order for this business to continue, meaning the betting business. By definition, it has to be that way. Unless all, gonna sudden, gonna get, unless all of a sudden they can – wouldn't that be funny that they, they, the gambling brings people in with plus EV and they blow it all on shows and food? <laughs> I don't think that's going to work, though. <laughs> well, but, that, I mean, that's interesting, too, because there are loss leaders. The theory is – The other way. Yeah, I mean, because these casinos – Listen, these casinos know as much as any advantage player. The best people at each of the casinos. You know, this is uh, R.J. Bell and Fezzik are open up a casino. Blackjacks pay two to one, five dollar max. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Well, well, yeah. I mean, listen. I personally, if I ran a sports book, you know, I told. um, Oh, I can't believe I can't remember his name now. He worked for me. Uh, The guy at South Point you don't like. Chris Andrews. Chris Andrews. Who says I don't like Chris Andrews? (laughs) He got on the radio and said you were like a thief and stuff. (laughs) Oh, by the way, we got to get something straight. I have a quote here. Someone, it's actually Sue from Sioux Falls. Wow. (laughs) Haven't heard from her in a while. I'm mad at someone. You know I love Fez, RJ. Not as much as you, parenthetically. (laughs) She gets personal. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Who called Fezzik a monster? We got to get to the bottom of this. Love, Sue. P.S. F.A.J. It's weird. Go ahead. I self-called myself a monster. <laughs> it was you that called yourself? I saw Fezzik's a monster. Yeah. I said, I, I said I, I, the, it's out of context. I said, oh, oh, imagine that. I, said, I, was, I was talking to my friend Gil, uh-huh. and Gil says, Fez, why is it? You were talking to Gil on I, stage? Two weeks ago. All right? Two okay. weeks ago. Uh-huh. And he's like, why is it in person you can be so nice and personable and, and, and charming and you, and you love charming, people? Charming, that's a bit much. It is. I don't think he said that either. <laughs> He said, and then, on occasion, you can be on Twitter, and it's like, you can be like a, a monster. So so you figured, he said that to you, so your answer was, I'm going to go in front of the world and say it about myself. Yeah. Now, but was that you trying to have, like, radical candor? Is that you thought, if I, if I, you know. I like be, the way that sounds. I'm going to write that down. <laughs> radical know, candor. You know what would be wild Beautiful. if I just told, like, stuff, no one else would tell. It's like, well, yeah, no one else tells it because it ends up biting the person in the ass. You asked a little while ago, like, who on that panel said anything that wouldn't be self-serving to them? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, Fez calling himself a monster is, I guess, an example of that. But, like, Rovell saying, I'm part of the problem to start the conversation, I'd say that's the one example of someone who did say something that wasn't self-serving. I'm not saying that people don't say things. I'm saying that their general position of where the line should be drawn about who should be a legitimate gambler and who shouldn't Mm. be or who should be a legitimate information provider is always, it seems, helping the person's position, wherever that is. Rob is an ethical person. Mm. Ravel is trying to say, Ravel's point after that, if it dot, dot, dotted would be, but hey, it's a problem anyway. I'm on the inside trying to do it the best we can. But ideally, there would be none of this. There would be no crime. It's like, yeah, okay. You know what's a great, great example? So Sammy P. brought this up. He does— um, so Out of Philly? No, Boston. Now Boston. Uh, okay. So he does Red Sox. I don't know if he does radio, but he says before the, the, the podcast— a name thing, like that. He, I says, think he says, we have to pick a four-game because they're sponsored by DraftKings. So we have to pick a four-team parlay, you know, same-game parlay before the game. And we can't play the side. All right, so we can't play Boston or their opponents. And so, you know, that's interesting. So, you know, he could say, I'm not willing to do it, but then he's th- th- then his employment might be in question. Well, that, that brings up another point. And, and, and this is, a, I think, an important one. And we started down this road and didn't finish it. And then we'll have our wrapping points, whoever has got those. We're thinking of doing the same game parlay. It has nothing right now to do with any sportsbook promotion, though, again, it's something to explore. Um, I haven't, I've been very limited with the books for a couple years just because, to be candid, I was in a position to be. And I do think there's sometimes intrinsic conflicts. I really do. I mean, when a, when a media company owns a, or when a media company is owned by a sports book, are they going to be there dictating every second what's going to happen? No. But when it's important, I promise you they're going to be there. I had a show, an ESPN show here that Cantor was sponsoring. The first two years, they did not tell me. Uh, you know, originally it was with uh, Colbert, uh, who ended up getting in trouble for the whole Pinnacle thing and all that. And um, he didn't say one word to me like about what to say or not to say for like two years. Well, finally, when some the stuff hit the fan with that. I got a call the night before or the day before the show, and it's like, okay, here's what we want to say about this, 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 and this. Now, nothing they were saying. It was the it was the political party line. It was me giving a voice, not saying I agree with this, but hey, here's the statement from, and I gave it. But listen, they 
were in a position to say, hey, we're sponsoring this show. We effectively have owner- some ownership of this show, however the sponsorships are, if there's one or if there's more. And thus, this is what we want. Now, if they would have told me to lie, I wouldn't have done it. Yeah. It's not worth it. But I'm going to allow them a platform to bring their guy on and talk about it, whatever. That's the way these things go. The small things, there's going to be a lot of times they're going to look like they take an out. Oh, I wonder why so-and-so didn't step in there. Because they want the perception that they're not going to. But when it's important, they will. And you know what? You don't think the New York Times, the bastion of journalism, the old, there's a thing in the industry, you've heard of this, I'm sure, Scott and AJ too, the Chinese wall, that between sales and, 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 and content or news or whatever you want to call it, has to not even talk to each other. Do we really believe that's the case? ESPN, if they get, let's think about this. If ESPN got the W, or they always have had the WNBA, if they have arena football, arena football is on the front page some days. If they don't have arena football, it's never anywhere. A great example of that is the UFC, who about three years ago switched from a, a Fox, Fox uh, product to a, an ESPN product, and now suddenly on the, on the top tab, there's always. MMA. It used to never. It was always well wrestling too. They bought wrestling, bought some deal with them, and then they were covering wrestling like it was yep. news, right? So this is the number one journal or number. I don't know. They're the biggest ESPN for sure. The Athletic, I think, is competitive with quality of reporting and all that. But the Athletic has their own conflicts. I mean, it's like in this day and age, unless you want state-run media, which has a bad connotation to it, but the theory is it'd be subsidized by the state and thus it doesn't have a profit motive. I know people that believe that to be a good model. I think it's got its problems too. But as long as there's a profit motive, this is going to be a hypocritical universe that we live in. Like Michael Colleone said, we live in the same hypocrisy, Senator. Just don't think my, my family's involved. Okay, some people have to play games. That's a great scene. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. You know what I'm talking about? There's no bad scenes in those movies. But it's great. All right. And then, and he goes, and I want, he goes, I want you to pay 10% revenue on all four hotels, Mr. Corleone. He says like that. And then he goes, and I want your answer and the money by Monday. Starts walking out. Michael, he, real logos, Senator, you can have my answer now if you like. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. I love that scene you write. (laughs) And then he says, as a personal favor. (laughs) I want you to put up the game as a personal favor. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, So, Fez, have have we figured out that maybe less judgment? I think so. But that wasn't you. You came out of there thinking you were on the righteous side, didn't you? I actually think I came across, believe it or not, is almost closer to Switzerland in the middle. Okay. So give us, you know, we've had a great discussion, I think, but give us a little, in the context to wrap up of all we've talked about, some of the on-the-ground stuff that you think was the most interesting. We probably should have got to that soon. Just in this session. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. So I think that underlying uh, theme was that, you know, we're all going to do better if we all get along better. Why are we like the thing that, that really struck but the home betters me, are competing with each other? Yes. But however, although the betters are competing with each other, we're like, why the, the sharp on sharp violence, if you will, everyone complaining and yelling at each other and blocking well, each simple. other. It's, be, it's because uh, you tell me it's because it's all ego driven. Exactly. So, like, we're all fishermen, right? We're all like trying to catch king crab, all right. And and, and we're all going out there, and like we're, we're we're protecting our secrets and where to find the best crab and everything else. But you know what? 
if we actually like work together, we'd all catch more crab and we'd all make more money. Mm-hmm. I always said this: sports betting is more blackjack than it is poker. We're all playing against the dealer. We're not playing against each other. But yet, people want to tell everybody when to hit or stand. See, I don't know if I agree with that, though. I agree in poker, it's directly against with the rake being the only Direct, other factor. Yeah. But in this case, the books are acting as an intermediary. The book, I mean, Fez, would you agree the books at this point are... They're like betting well, exchanges? Exactly. Yeah, but yeah. what I was thinking of was more on Wall Street. There's something called a market maker. Are you familiar with this concept? Um, no, I'm, I'm not sure. All right. So before it's gone all electronic, and I think there's still market ma- Back in the day, every stock had one market maker. And this was a rich person that was on the floor, though, every mm. day. And he, his job was to make sure there was an orderly selling of this stock. They wanted no, like... 600-point drops. Even if the market maker had to lose everything, it was like part of the deal. And what would happen is, let's say things are going down, he would buy on the way down. Because even though he knew it was going down further, the market maker was obligated to start... So he'd lose during times of volatility, but make it up as soon as the market was established that he's taking... Downward downward volatility he'd lose. If it was upwards, he'd win, right? Yes. And then, but, but, but But if it was stable, he would just get the bid ask... You know, he was just grinding. Breaking, yeah. Yeah. And I, that's how I look at the sports books. It's really effectively when you bet Scott and I bet, if I bet the opposite way, we're betting against each other. They're acting as the intermediary. And the only difference with an exchange is they're willing to take the bet, even if there's not a party on the other side to take it. But ideally, they got by moving the line, whatever else they're doing, they're trying to entice the other side to match it, so they have no risk. And correct me if I'm wrong. The matchbook used to actually do it in the in the day where like they, there wasn't enough liquidity, so they would just put up, they, or they have guys they employed that put up three hundred dollar offers on each side. It's to almost get, like a show them, in, in poker, exactly. Right, and in to poker, keep the game these, going. Yeah. So to me. I think the bigger this market gets, the less the bookies are going to be intermediaries, and the more it's going to be like an exchange, just a yeah. managed exchange, is my sense. Yes. W- would you agree with that? I, I, I wouldn't. We, we had a discussion. This was fascinating. We, we'll- to finish the point, I think Scott's generally right. The further back we look, the more that was the case. Because before Don Best, that was massively the case. But, but, but you know, the way once Don Best came out and every book could see every other's lines, it became more of a world market, too, I think. So, one of the fascinating panels before mine, before the Billy Walters, was the exchange model. It makes all the sense in the world, right? Mm-hmm. But are we actually going to see it in the next 10 years? Because they've tried in some places. They're trying in New, Jer- New Jersey with this profit exchange, and it just has not taken off in America. I think it's just it's, it's confusing. It's, it, it is confusing, and it's dangerous. Why? Because if we got a line that's three, we've got Bengals are, are laying one against Cleveland. We don't know if Burrow's going to play. And I say, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and put up, we like Cleveland. We're going to put up 10,000 on Cleveland. Then it's like, Joe Burrow's calf has been miraculously recovered. Like, like there's a medical report comes on. And like, yep, you're filled. You got all your Cleveland. Good luck with that. Yeah, but that's not the only. So what you're saying is you can put an offer out there that is an open offer that people can take at any time. But that you can only if you want on an exchange, you can go and just buy what's existing. You don't have to put an open right, offer. Right, but there, but that's the problem. Not enough people are willing. Like you said, it's confusing, and not enough people are willing to do that to that's, put up an open offer. Yes, for any substantial, I mean, they'll put it up for a couple hundred, but not for a big liquid liquid amount. So there's got. I mean, listen, it's gonna. 
in a way, I think that's where a, a managed exchange makes sense. Whereas someone's the exchange is owned, where people are seeding different markets and saying we will take these bets. Yeah. But ideally, we are not involved, and we just get the transaction fee. Who knows? I met with a guy, and I suggested to him one of these these guys that's trying to get this to work. And I said, you know, I'd love to be able to put up like a ten thousand dollar you know offer. But it but it can only execute five hundred dollars every five minutes. So I like in other words, I have no problem with my order slowly mm. filling. I just can't have it all fill at once when news breaks and I'm in the bathroom. That's interesting. I used to do this, and it's probably I, I don't know, it's probably illegal. But th- like <laughs> this is like a, a solution to what you're talking about. Is like I was in a, a Facebook group where we would bet on football games. We weren't betting money. We were betting like rare beer or rare whiskey. Statute of limitations. It was like 12 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say, hey, I've got this bottle of Weller. I want the Patriots minus three. I'm looking for something comparable if you want the other side. And if somebody wanted the other side, both parties would have to type confirmed. Like, this is still good. That way, if there was some kind of but crazy... But was it really... Were you really betting the whiskey, or were you betting money, and that was just a standard? No, we were really betting whiskey. So everyone had to agree on the valuation of... Yeah. Oh, my God, that sounds like a nightmare. Bourbon, <laughs> bourbon's down, too, today. But you can yeah. say, like, you can say, these are things I'm looking for yeah. on your side. Like, so yeah. you're saying, like, this is what I've got. There wasn't a lot of action on that board, was there? Quite a bit of action on that board, yeah. Jeez, Texas was dying for action. Well, it's, I mean, it's also, like, there. You can find money. You can get money. Uh-huh. You, like some of these bottles of whiskey, you can't get unless well, I can get any of them uh, wherever the market is for. Well, uh, these were bottles you couldn't buy on the internet. Yeah. Well, how did they get them? Well, they there's stores get a certain like a store might get one bottle of of a certain booze. So that, how do they get that? You know what I think this is. Right when he came here, we got renewed for the fourth year of SOV uh, National or or Fox. And he came in with his uh, Poppy Van Poppy Winkle. Van Winkle, yeah. Yeah, which was like 50 bucks a shot or something. Yeah, something like that. So he gave a shot to me. A sh- who else got a shot? I got a shot. McKenzie got a I shot. Thought he, I thought you didn't. Oh, it was Tom you didn't give a shot to. <laughs> yeah, Tom. I didn't know Tom was going to be here. So I'm going to end with this question. And it's an open question because I did take a side here that I believe, but I think is the minority position. At least it was before they listened to this. Fez, is this more than the following? People are too stupid to know who they should follow, so we should try to arbitrate it, and then that way we get more followers. Yes. That's exactly what this is. It is. Do you see it to be anything else, AJ? No, not really. Like, because if you're not, like, if I say you're not an expert, or Scott's not an expert, why would you follow him? Inherently, I'm saying mm-hmm. you should be following me. I'm the expert. Exactly. <laughs> Or someone I know, course, someone yeah. who pays me something. What do you think? So can you see? <laughs> any, is there anything else that we can take from this? No, I think it's like I said. It's 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 the market dictates the validity, and that's what we're doing essentially. I mean the i the idea. Well dictates the validity. No, that's what everyone does. It's everyone's job to do that, yep. right? The, the old saying is that everyone votes with their pocketbook. Is if we a pregame.com does things a certain way and people like it, then that means they voted with their pocketbook. If Vegas Dave does things a certain way, now, if it's if it's blatantly criminal, then that's where the laws are for. I don't mm-hmm. think we should let criminals do criminal things. And I also think lying. I think someone who lies, it's not illegal. I guess it's illegal in certain contexts to lie, like if you're advertising in a certain way. But other than that. Lies aren't illegal. But if there's anything we can do as a community is identify liars 
and point them, put a scarlet letter on them, I'm more than fine with that. But after that, buyer beware, keep your eyes open, mm-hmm. right? And I mean, every smart better I know tells me that they had a time they bought so-and-so back from the boiler rooms and figured out. I mean, haven't you heard that story many a times, Fez? Well, from, from good betters now. Sure. Well, and, and like I remember going in L.A., I just could buy all the newsletters, every single one of them. And I'd read them all. I'm like, well, like, oh, that's a good point. That's a good. These guys didn't win, you know, but I bought every one of them. I'll end on this. When I was about nine years old, I was a big <laughs> Pirates fan. They had just beaten, they just won the World Series in 79. Stargell home run. Yeah, yeah. Dave Parker was my guy, the Cobra. He had some late nights, the Cobra, I heard. But <laughs> Something suspicious about a guy that big that hits so many singles. I don't know. His <laughs> ar- he had the best, maybe the best arm I've ever seen. I don't know. Who has the best outfield arm right now? Oh, infield arm, you could say. Ellie De La Cruz has the best infield arm right now. That wasn't the question. The outfield is. <laughs> right? yeah. I tell you, you watch some of those Dave Parker throws, yeah. man. Have you seen uh, this week in baseball? You used to have Done. one of his yeah. throws. It's yeah. like he's on the track and he's throwing a guy <laughs> through, and the guy third doesn't even slide. He's like, "What the hell?" Monster. All right. You know what's funny though? AJ's uh, son has a private hitting coach, Bill Madlock. Yeah. Yeah. The Mad Dog. Yeah, on those teams. Never saw a pitch he didn't want to swing at. That's the irony. Yeah, and he somehow been, won three batting titles. I know. That, yeah. He's got and a lot he of had Manny Sanguia. Both of my kids. Remember Manny? He was before my time. Had, the ball be above his head. He'd hit a double. Ed Ott was the catcher when I was around. Hmm. All right. I went. I was taken. The Little League team was taken to the up to Three Rivers at the time to watch a baseball game. Well, I had like 10 bucks, and, I, and they had a Pirates batting glove. And I go, I'll take that. So I get it. I put it on. I'm so happy. This little kid walks up to me, a little younger than me, African-American, and he says, hey, can I look at your batting glove? And I think, yeah, yeah, why not? Take off my batting glove, hand it to him. He kicks me in the shin, passes it to his buddy. They run in opposite directions. I'm standing there holding my shin. Damn. I learned a lesson. Not to trust the world. I learned now, a lesson. Why was it relevant that he was African-American? It just was true. I mean, I was just telling this story. I don't even know what his friend was. But I guess it shows that I was like, I wasn't suspecting anything. I wasn't suspecting. I I was just like, I was a kid. Now, you know what? If someone comes up and asks to hold my wallet today, they can have a suit on. They can have, you know, it doesn't matter. Is The point is you don't learn any lessons unless you feel pain. I, we we all have had parents, or most of us have had parents that that have told us, "Don't do this." And what did we say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most of what they told us was right. Huh. Right? You don't learn unless you feel. And what do you ask me? Why don't Why don't, why don't you want to make bets with me anymore? <laughs> well, if that's your lesson, I've been kicked in the shin <laughs> on national TV. Fest need an answer now. I've been kicked in the shin by you, RJ. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> We, we had a fair competition. See, now you're trying to demonize me. Fair With Fez, it was deception. <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate it, Fez. I didn't think you'd wear it with like a badge of honor. <laughs> that you got, I thought you'd be ashamed it of was, it. No, it was, it was good. I mean, it's what I'm known, it's, it's what I'm known for doing. <laughs> exactly. Like, how, can you get mad at, how can I get mad at you? That's like, what I'm wondering, right, Mackenzie? Taking the trick right. out of my book. Mackenzie was in on it. <laughs>
right. <laughs> well, we got to tell you. AJ, you want to bet the, 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 nope. the Clippers? Or no, the, 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 the LAC to win a playoff game again? Nope. You sure? Because <laughs> sure. I, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, was there anything else that possibly could be more nuanced than what I, I mean? It seems like we could have skipped all this. Meaning, meaning the, all the screaming on the pod you or know, on their One thing. observation, I, I, I don't know, have a conclusion. Maybe you can help me with yeah. it. All right? So there's 600 people in the room. Mm-hmm. The audience was fascinated. It was an hour long. It's the last session. Everyone's hungover. We're mm-hmm. tired. We haven't had enough sleep from Bet Bash. The last segment of Bet, of Bet Bash, and no one left. So the audience was absolutely... Um, yeah, people were screaming at each other. They were into it. Yeah, my favorite part was my favorite part was why can't we all get a long, uh, you know, session that turned into a screaming? Well, match. Jeff Benson's like, thing. "Fuck those assholes." <laughs> Who's the assholes? Everybody. Because I've seen that Jeff disagrees ben- with I, him. I've seen Jeff Benson be pretty critical of others. Exactly, books. that's what he was saying. <laughs> I mean, yes, he stayed in character. But but the thing not to forget is. If there was a hierarchy here, like in movies, it's obvious Tom Cruise is in a certain level, The Rock's a certain level, and then someone else's maybe less. There's no way to know except how much money you have. Now, isn't it telling? You would think if someone's banking a lot of money secretly, they'd be happy. They'd just be, everything's content. I don't is it how it. much money they have or how much they're making? I would say how much they're making is, is a well, better... Well, it's the same thing, isn't it? No. I don't mean how much they have in the bank. It's how much are they earning. Yes. And okay, we're on the same page. Yeah. and But I think ultimately it's how much you have, right? Because if you if you made a, a billion dollars and now you're just living off the interest, you're not upset that you're not making as much that week. You're thinking, I got enough for the rest of my life, right? Mm-hmm. But wouldn't you say, Fez, in general, if someone... You know, Bob Dylan has a great song. Called Positively Fourth Street. Love that song. You know that one? This just broke a long losing streak for For people who had been betting Dylan references. Like I for, haven't made many for a while. It's been probably six months. No, no, that's not true. I'm at telling all. It you, might, it might be. It's been a long time. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So listen, I I heard all the all the people. Oh, another Dylan. But you know what? This we, was like when the Royals kept winning after a loss. Like it was like <laughs> it was like. The Royals never win after a loss, and then they went on an eight-game eight-game win streak, and everybody was broke. I hope they win that, today. That was uh, that's what just happened, RJ. You but <laughs> the, well, this is important because the, the, this is appropriate. These lyrics of when McKenzie gets them up, McKenzie. There we go. Positively Fourth Street. Now, I know. This, I know what you're going to quote from it too. Yeah, I'm just going to read it because the whole thing yeah. is worth. Make it bigger, please. Um, perfect. <laughs> and this is when Dylan got really famous. Mm-hmm. Okay, but he was still on the scene. It says, you got a lot of nerve to say you are my friend. When I was down, you just stood there grinning. You got a lot of nerve to say you got a helping hand to lend. You just want to be on the side that's winning. Winning. <laughs> you say I let you down, but you know it's not like that. If you're so hurt, then why don't you show it? You say you've lost your faith, but you know that's not where it's at. You had no faith to lose, and you know it. I know there's a reason that you've talked behind my back. I used to be among the crowd you're in with. Do you take me for such a fool to think I'd make contact with the one who tries to hide what he don't know to begin with? You see me on the street, you always act surprised. You say, how are you? Good luck, but you don't mean it. Here comes the good line. When you know as well as me, you'd rather see me paralyzed. Why don't you just come out once and scream it? No, I do not feel that good for the heartbreaks that you embrace. If I was a master thief, perhaps I'd rob them. And though I know you're dissatisfied with your position and your place... 
don't you understand? It's not my problem. And then finally, the famous verse, up a little bit, please. I wish that for... Yeah, thank you. I wish that for just one time you could stand inside my shoes and just for that one moment I could be you. Yes, I wish for just one time you could stand inside my shoes. You'd know what a drag it is to see you. Now, think about this. I wish you'd sing me sometimes. <laughs> you got one. But it's, it's, it's so on point. Dylan became famous. He, he fucking went past where they were. And now they're all saying, yeah, but he's this. Yeah, but he's that. To the point of Joni Mitchell saying, yeah, he's, a, he's stolen some of that stuff after he won the Nobel. It's like, okay, maybe. But it's like, it can't not be seen that you are dissatisfied with your position in your place. And most of these people that are bashing other people, the question is, are they thinking, you know, I'm content. I've done all I can, and I'm happy with myself. Or are they thinking th that that guy is the reason I don't have what I deserve? Mm. That's what this is. And the real question is, why does any of these people care if their job isn't media? Meaning, there's hybrid people, but for the most part, if you're a batter, you're a batter. If you're a media guy, you're a media guy. But every batter thinks he's a media guy now. Yeah. And they all think that the amount of media they get is contingent upon their worth as a batter. Except that's not what this is about. If you can be an expert and not, and let's be honest, if someone does poorly and screws up, they get washed through pretty quick. Meaning if someone kind of emerges on the scene and they're kind of illegitimate, usually they're gone within a year. Like people, they get exposed. That's true. So, I mean, I don't know. Closing thoughts. And we'll go around the horn. Most important point. We'll start with Mackenzie, who has been quiet this show. What do you think, bud? Great time for an impromptu pod. Good Friday. What do you think about Good Friday? It's not Good Friday. It's a Good Friday. Ah. That's your insight? Was he drinking in that other room when we came in? He's got a new com Maybe he's anxious to get back to his new computer. <laughs> How's this, McKenzie? We'll come back to you at the end. Sounds good. All right. What do you got, Scott? Content is king, but not all content is quality. But who decides it? The consumer. Exactly. Power to the people. <laughs> we all get a little lonely sometimes, and sports bettors get lonely. And this conference showed, you know, these people, they're, they're, here's these sports geeks that are betting like 24-7, and they got a few friends that they're interacting with. But um, this is not like fun interaction like Scott's softball team. And you could see they were so happy to be with the group amongst them. Amongst their own? Yes. Like Dungeons & Dragons. Remember, Scott's softball team tore up a whole league. <laughs> they're normal. Yeah, they're normal. These are normal people. They could go they to like broke up a league. They could go to the disco if there still were discos and score. Not these guys. AJ. I, I talked to a couple guys from this bet bash, and it wasn't just this one panel where there was this disdain. Like every guy who was there was shitting on someone else's model or someone like it. it being like when I came out here and started working for pregame full time, I started to see handicappers fighting with each other and I I I've I never understood it and it's more rampant than ever but I think what what you said is by discrediting them you're crediting yourself mm -hmm. yeah and and you're explaining why you're a failure effectively cuz these people feel like they're a failure to themselves that's they got to say it's cuz I wouldn't do this have you ever met someone in radio that didn't say in fact AJ you've said variations of this if if a, or Stephen A goes over the top with this or that I just won't do that 
It's all about yep. saying there's some. Now, again, I'm not saying you don't morally have your lines that you're saying I don't want to go past. I'm not saying you should. But in general, it's hard to just say, you know, that guy's better than me. Yeah. That Even professional athletes, like guys who were in AAA the yeah. whole years, they're all... Every single one I've ever spoken to them. Am I right, Scott, that they're like, you know, I really, I should have gotten the call up I there. I tore my they, 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 they misevaluated me or I did, you know, there was always an excuse. They they just were worthy of being in the pros. And there's also a problem with self-evaluating in that form. Because mm-hmm. like I said, like with my son who played, when he was playing club baseball growing up, there's three levels. There's majors, AAA, and AA. And every double-A kid thinks they should be on a triple-A team. Every triple-A kid thinks they should be on the majors team. And it's that's just the way it is. Like, they all see themselves differently than the world mm-hmm. sees them. So we'll close with this. Well, first, Mackenzie, you got anything? A good sports pick or good sports analysis sounds a lot like a bad one. So it's very easy to peddle these bad picks, these bad opinions. And uh, we're here to adjudicate well, the truth. The question is, is there bad and good? That's the question, right? If there's wrong and right. There's incorrect and correct if it's a matter of fact. But if I say I don't think this quarterback being out matters that much and you say he does. It's just opinions. It's well, an opinion. And, if you're and, and you're going to be right sometimes and I'm going to be right. And, and you it's know hard what? to know. It's going to, be, it's it's going to take a thousand close, reps. And, it, and it's going to be close enough to 50-50 that we may as well be like trying to evaluate whether the house has the edge in craps or the player. We could we could be there 24 hours and we wouldn't be able to know. I agree. Like you can say, like you shouldn't be Darren Ravel shouldn't be giving sports betting advice. But I guarantee you, if Darren Ravel bet college football this year and went 62% and you try to tell that to a guy who followed him, Darren Ravel doesn't know what he's talking about. He'd be like, what are you talking about? He but said that. He said it, he quoted his record over the but past how, six years. But how do, we, how do we know if he does or he you, doesn't? You don't. Yeah, that's the yeah. thing. How do we know what people are holding back? The smartest people are not telling you everything they know. Yeah. All right. I agree. This has been a good conversation. And this guy, Elihu, is really smart. Who's Elihu? Elihu. Ellie De La Cruz. Fight song. He's like friends with um, some of these other guys. But I was talking to him about some high-level math stuff, and my head almost But you don't exploded. really know math. I used to though. But what I'm saying is, I he know could math. Just, he could have been saying things no. that you. I know. I know math well enough to know he knows what he's talking about. But I don't even know who you're. Ta- Why are could we saying this Johnny? at the end of the pod? Like, who is? <laughs> what are you getting from him? Is the question. Nothing. No, be honest. What are you trying I'm to get? Nothing. Are you trying to partner with them? No, but well, I wouldn't be <laughs> adverse to it. <laughs> <laughs> is there anyone else? Guys. <laughs> 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 Listen, he's honest. At least he's honest. I respect that. You said tell the truth. It just tell the truth. So in closing, I'll say this. If you're dissatisfied, get better. See you next week.